What's up, everybody, and welcome to Decision Time. I'm Misha, and I speak with product and business leaders about their unique approach to decision-making. Each episode features a new leader where we discuss a recent product launch, we'll learn about their business, the unknowns leading up to the launch, and how they manage their time to ensure success. Let's go. Hi, everybody. I'm very excited to have a new guest on the pod today. Jan Fu from VMware. Very excited to speak with someone from VMware. Jan, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Misha, and hello to all the Decision Time listeners. Thank you for having me um, in your podcast today. Yeah, of course. You bring something very unique to the table today. Up until now, everyone that I've spoken to uh, has been doing product work on behalf of external customers, external users, consumers, uh, B2B. And we should not forget that there's a lot of work being done on the data analytics side where the customer is really internal within the organization. And that has its own challenges and opportunities. So very excited to talk to you about that today. Likewise, uh, Michelle, happy to be here to talk about this, especially, um, you know, how we think about, um, you know, evolving data analytics from a ad hoc, um, I want I want data or I want a dashboard built in the next 30 minutes. How do you evolve that to really thinking through and being proactive about the needs of our, our internal users and driving them towards where the business strategy is? It's really important. Excellent. Great segue. Tell the audience a little bit more about maybe your team. And then as we do on every pod, dive into a feature or product that you think others will find interesting that you're working on now, you've recently launched, and take us through the decision-making philosophy for having brought that to life. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. So for everyone, um, uh, my name is Jan Fu again, and I currently lead the enterprise data and analytics product management at VMware. Uh, We're based in Palo Alto. It's our headquarter in California. And for those of of you who don't know about VMware, we are a um, cloud computing virtualization company. But as we evolved, we are now a leading software and SaaS provider of multi-cloud services for enterprises. Um, A little bit about the company, we have an annual revenue of $16 billion. 500,000 customers, um, you know, starting, you know, going from the globals to the smaller um, commercials. And uh, we have 37,000 global, uh, global employees. So there is a lot of activities and um, um, that we are actually catering to all the different function um, within the company. Um, a little bit about our team. Our team is, uh, is about, about 20 uh, data and analytics product managers sitting in the worldwide operations group. We collaborate really closely with our business uh, functional data and ops or even their um, um, operations leaders to look into the needs of our users, um, their customers and partners. We are also partnering very closely with our enterprise data office, which looks at data um, management in terms of, you know, how do we govern the data? um, How do we actually put in together corporate definition and um, looking at the sources? And we partner really closely with our data and analytics engineering team in terms of developing um, curated data sets and also um, you know, creating analytics and ML um, models um, to deliver the insights that our users need. Um, Excellent. Yeah, so, so Michelle, I'll dive a little bit about um, uh, maybe a couple of products that we are, you know, we've been building. So I think um, I'll talk a lot today about the customer journey analytics, but I'll, I'll speak a little bit broadly. As uh, you know, a couple of years ago, as we look into our business strategy from VMware, 
who, you know, which has been traditionally um, working, you know, on a perpetual. So we sell perpetual licenses to our enterprises with support and services contract. A couple of years ago, we really want to deliver that innovation in a more um, real time um, and easy way to our customers. So we try to, we are actually in the, in the, middle of transforming ourselves or pivoting to a SaaS and, and subscription business model. And with that, we really look at the broader kind of, you know, what are the capabilities we need to support and um, internally and externally um, on, that, on that journey. So one of that is data. And we know that in the cloud world or SaaS world, data is really, really important. But how do you actually um, think through that data capabilities um, in terms of products versus projects? So. Um, the way we're looking at it is, is data capabilities is really looking at the data foundation. So this is where a lot of companies will start thinking about is the master data management. So we have a set of products focused around that, uh, focused around getting the right install base and purchase history, especially needed as you're crossing from the perpetual world to the SaaS world. Um, the next set of product is really the, the product on top of the, the curated data set, right, is analytics and uh, AI ML models. And, I would say that if you look, we looked across all the functions and we support all of them, sales, marketing, partner, finance, uh, um, product and operations. And what we netted out is really there are, I mean, there are many sets of data and, and products, but there are really two sets of data that are very, very um, needed across the company. And that's what we're looking for. The first set is for financial. So everyone has a financial PL to manage towards or a budget to manage towards, or they're doing reporting. So extremely crucial that this set of data is highly governed and there is a good way for, for teams to access their, their information. The second one um, is really around customers. Every, I mean, we, we exist because of customers. So, um, so we really try to focus on that. Why is this, uh, why is this the top priority? Not just because um, it is, you know, in everything that we do uh, as we're making decisions on how to allocate our resources um, and, and plan work around it. But also we have a, you know, every team has a very um, narrow view of what the customer and the, their interactions with um, VMware is. So in, in a SaaS world where that customer journey or life cycle is almost like a continuous, we call it infinity loop, um, we really needed to bring that all the disparate views together and actually give it then back to the users so that they can have a holistic view about the customer and their interactions um, across the, the life cycle with us. Um, thirdly, it is actually very, very hard to stitch the data because we do have a, a, not just a single set of um, ERP or, um, you know, or CRM. Um, you know, as we expand and acquire companies, right, we, have, we have different instances of um, uh, technology applications. So we needed to to bring this all together with a unified um, approach around definition, around product and customer granularity. And, um, and the last one we, we talked about, and you know, I'm gonna talk about this is, I think most companies will probably face it is, as you grow your number of customers, your number of products in your portfolio, your um, employees um, and partners, you start to realize that the, the amount of requests just keeps coming to the operations um, desk and it's not something you can scale because, and it's almost similar, a lot of requests around, hey, can you pull me a set of a list of customers so I can run a campaign, I can go and reach out to them, can you tell me um, what's coming up for renewals, you know, can you tell me, can you do some analysis around churn? So what we try to do here is really taking all the different demands, looking across our service requests over the last couple of years, working with our partners in these functions, right? 
Um, and then we can talk a little bit about how to develop their product. But that, those are the impetus on why we decided to actually create a customer journey analytics. And I'll pause there because um, I can talk a lot more about that. There's a lot to unpack there. A couple of things really stood out to me. I'd love to dive into them a little bit more. First and foremost is this business model evolution that you mentioned, moving from perpetual to SaaS, no small undertaking. It's difficult enough when you build a SaaS business from scratch, but to move a business the size of VMware from one model to another, very difficult, very tricky, lots of risk. And I imagine based on how you've described it, Jan, that's got to be one of the things that you look at from a decision-making point of view when requests come your way is, will this facilitate a smoother, better transition for VMware in order to get from perpetual to SaaS? Is that a question that gets asked when you look at the queue of requests and you got to figure out, okay, we, we have 100, we can only do so many, which ones help us get from A to B? Is that something you consider? Totally. So, Misha, I think, you know, when you put out a, a, a criteria a little bit of time, I mean, a lot of times we put out a criteria, we might say something like, hey, is it a top line generating and then, or is it helping to, to be productive or efficiency? I think that's not enough. I think what we actually further do is we actually use our, um, you know, our functional leaders to do the prioritization for them. So, um, and the way to look at it is, you know, we, we follow the, the framework, you know, like, like everyone else, value versus effort. But I think the more important part, I think to your point is, is the strategic fit, right? What is it that the function is trying to drive their um, their um, teams to do? So I'll speak in the case of sellers. So we're really focused around a unified set of go-to-market plays and pursuits um, in order to help customers move from um, uh, perpetual to SaaS. That means that, you know, we have to segment the customers um, and then put them into cohorts um, to look into the opportunities. So I think when... So what we're doing here is really leveraging our go-to-marketplace team to really, um, you know, look through this more holistically. So not only we're saying that, hey, I'm going to look, help you bring together the install base information. So, right, look at how many customers still have not gone to SaaS and sub, but we're actually going to partner with a go-to-marketplace and recommend you this is where that, that opportunity is with this customer um, in terms of product recommendations, in terms of pricing and packaging like recommendations, like what should you be going after? And that's that's what we're looking for. So a lot of that prioritization is based on, can we drive to that outcome or not? Um, can we help them do account planning, um, you know, within their territory to get to that, get the customers towards SaaS and subscription, but also following the, the place and pursuits. It's really interesting to me because you said it perfectly. Everybody looks at value versus effort strategic fit sometimes gets overlooked. So important in this case, oftentimes when people think about strategic fit, one of the questions that you might ask yourself is, let's not do something that disrupts the business model or it makes things more difficult, right? If you have a B2B model and you have an idea that, that requires a different type of maybe B2C motion, that's a big change for an organization. And so that has to be looked at accordingly. In your case, it's it's almost the opposite because you are trying to go through a business model transformation. And so instead of getting a demerit, it's actually a positive. So it sounds like you spend a lot of time in stakeholder management with your customers trying to understand their needs, trying to understand what the business case is. Talk to us a little bit about time allocation. What does that look like for you in an average week? Sure, Michelle, I'm going to talk about this in different dimension. Um, but in general, I really like this idea of time blocking based on themes. 
and I'll talk about the different type of themes that I follow. So, um, you know, I think time blocking is this idea that, hey, you, you block a set of time and I usually color code my calendar. So if you see my calendar, you have blocks of colors, um, you know, time for focus time, a block and I'll, I'll speak a little bit. So usually in the early mornings, because we're global teams, so the early block in the early mornings are generally for global team meetings. And I'll talk about the type of meetings that we have. Um, the late mornings through the early afternoons is, you know, generally a one-on-one -on -one time or a vendor demos or any type of, you know, if I'm meeting stakeholders, um, that's a smaller team that's not global. That's usually where I leverage my late morning and early afternoons. Um, late afternoons, just because we're, we're on the West Coast, pretty much everyone has finished their day. So generally late afternoons and Fridays, um, we, you know, it's, it's my focus time. So this is where I do more, you know, kind of put together about plan or if I'm reviewing something big um, or writing some sort of um, thoughts around, you know, the, the future of, of, you know, what a product should, should do. So that's how I usually generally block my time. Um, I would say um, when I think about, then I think about the role, right? Where in product management, I think it's really important to your point here. I think there should be a good amount of time and I spend generally about maybe about 20 or 30 percent of my time really talking to our user research team or ux team understanding what type of research they've done with our sellers right with our marketers with our partner um, business managers um, and teams really understand that their pain point what are the what is the latest that they are asked by the management or our customers go do um, because we need to make sure that our data is is part of their workflow and their rhythm as well so spending a lot of time on that um, I probably spend about another, you know, another 20, 30% of my quarterly time to around product planning, you know, at, at, um, where I, I said, um, I spend a lot of time about planning, right? This is about not just about the, what you, what the users can see, but how do we actually build a solid foundation, you know, working with the engineering team around, you know, security, role-based access, right? Scalability, um, talking about, you know, um, uh, you know, as you scale your performance has to, to match up with that. As you add more roles, can you get more granular in terms of your, the access of your um, uh, data to, to different type of roles? So spending a lot of time on that. And then obviously, you know, product execution is something we spend on a weekly basis to really review on the progress to make sure that we can deliver um, the epics that we promise, um, you know, beginning of the quarter or the year to go deliver. And then we also spend, you know, just like everyone else, we do a, a sort of uh, a product re retro and reset where we look at the adoption and we, you know, uh, set our OKRs. And this is the time to look back and go, do we, you know, what, what have we missed? What have we done well? And, you know, um, one, one thing we would like to go change. Um, so generally that those are the cadence. And I, you know, I'm also really looking towards the broader of how the company uh, does planning. So this is another area that, um, you know, that I incorporate into my um, uh time management as well is the type of um, planning that's happening at the company level. So, um, you know, we talk about, um, you know, long range planning, usually in the springtime. Um, and then, you know, we'll do a um, annual planning, maybe in the fall. Um, then we do a right new year readiness um, to help our uh, sellers or our marketers get ready for the new year. And then, you know, somewhere, you know, after the second first half close, we do a H2 um, second half replan. So those are the normal activities, but they all kind of fit into the, that calendar for the year. Let's talk about planning and scalability. I have a few questions about it. So one thing that I'm curious about is you have 
all these requests coming your way. And some of them you have to look at from the lens of, do we do this as a one-time thing or do we productize it? How do you think about that? In other words, uh, how do you make that trade-off between how much you can do ad hoc versus productize? Because productizing has downstream benefit, but could have a lot of effort up front. And then how do you communicate that back to the customers? I assume there are instances where you decide not to do something. Is there anything that you use in order to make sure that everyone has transparency with respect to this is how we made the decision, this is why, and maybe some things don't get done today, but they will get done later. How do you manage that? Yes, um, that's a really good question. So Misha, you know, with data and analytics, especially internal enterprise, you generally you have an enterprise function and you have citizen type of data analysts um, or business analysts, right, sitting really close to the um, to the business. The way we draw the line is really is if this is something that you are still experimenting and um, it's probably going to change again um, and um, only your team cares about but nobody else does, right? Because it goes really deep, for example, into how you look at pipeline or into how you um, you manage your internal efficacy of your group. I think that's probably something we stay um, uh, out of and empower you to do that. Now, the ones that we really picked up are problems that, you know, a single group cannot solve. So like I said about, you know, a, a customer, stitching the customer definition across multiple platforms and um, uh, groups is something that no, no single team can do. So we, we pick that up. Now, within that, what you're saying there is, it's, you know, what you're asking there is, hey, are there things, there are a lot of things we cannot do. I think the communication is done. Um, so we do have three decision bodies outside of our core team. Um, at VMware and our senior leadership team that are used to to vet um, ideas on is that we actually have a product leadership team, um, a go-to-market leadership team, and an operations leadership team. And they have um, leaders that sit across the three teams as well. So one of the things that we usually do is, you know, before we stand up at the beginning of the year, we actually will go up to the um, uh, the operations leadership uh, team in this case is to say that this is sort of, you know, this is sort of what we're going to be looking at in this coming year. Um, did we miss anything in the in the big, like bigger picture? So that's the one that we get alignment is um, getting the OLT to, to buy in on our, our roadmap for the year. Now, quarterly, what we do is we actually have a quarterly um, cadence of, you know, collecting all the input from, you know, whether it's from user research, coming from the users through support requests um, and through the the functional leaders. We actually do that through, um, you know, working with the the leaders to prioritize that. And we actually share it out in in a readout. So we actually do a readout to about uh, 150 to 200 global process owners across VMware. It takes uh, takes about an hour and a half to two hours just on data products. And this is a time where they can give us feedback and say, I, I get that. Did you consider this? Have you considered that? We'll do a second um, a readout and then, you know, and then get, and then, then we execute to that. Um, and that's a continuous process. So, Michelle, we, we continuously talk to the field and we continue to talk to the leaders, but we do have a way to actually communicate it is through our, um, through, um, our uh, readout sessions with our stakeholders. Makes sense. Jen, well, thank you very much for joining us. This has been enlightening and I hope you enjoyed the conversation as well. Yeah, it's been really, really fun and I hope uh, the listeners got a a lot out of it. And um, yeah, thanks, Misha, for having me here. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for listening. 
If you're a product leader and want to be featured on my podcast, send me an email. It's Misha at onchassis.com. You can also find the address in the pod description. All right. Till next time.